Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and you can find out more by visiting their website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We've got terrific guests for today's show, including William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We're also visiting with Andrew Joppa, professor at Mercy College and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books, his latest, Cyber Warfare, Targeting America, Our Infrastructure, and Our Future. It is June the 24th, and on this day in 1997, U.S. Air Force officials released a 231-page report dismissing long-standing claims of an alien spacecraft crash in Roswell, New Mexico, almost exactly 50 years earlier. Public interest in unidentified flying objects, or UFOs, began to flourish in the 40s when developments in space travel and the dawn of the atomic age caused many Americans to turn their attention to the skies. The town of Roswell, located near Pecos River, I'll never forget Pecos River, it's another story, uh, perhaps talk about it sometime. This is in southeastern New Mexico, began to, uh, became a magnet for UFO believers Due to the strange events of early July 1947, when ranch foreman, a ranch foreman found a strange, shiny material scattered over some of his land, he turned the material over to the sheriff, who passed it on to the authorities at the nearby Air Force Base. On July the 8th, Air Force officials announced they had recovered the wreckage of a flying disc. A local newspaper put the story on its front page, launching Roswell into the spotlight of the public's UFO fascination. The Air Force soon took back their story, however, saying the debris had been merely a downed weather balloon. Aside from diehard UFO believers or ufologists, uh, public interest in the so-called Roswell incident faded until the late 70s when claims surfaced that the military had invented the weather balloon story as a cover-up. Believers in the story uh, and theory argued that officials had in fact retrieved several alien bodies from the crashed spacecraft which were now stored in the mysterious Area 51 installation in Nevada. Seeking to dispel these suspicions, the Air Force uh, uh, issued a 1,000-page report in 1994 stating that the crash object was actually a high-altitude weather balloon launched from a nearby missile testing site as part of a classified experiment aimed at monitoring the atmosphere in order to detect Soviet nuclear tests. On July the 24th, 1997, barely a week before the extravagant 50th anniversary celebration of the incident, the Air Force released yet another report on the controversial subject entitled The Roswell Report Case Closed. The document stated definitively there was no Pentagon evidence of any kind of life uh, was found in the Roswell area in connection with the report of UFO sightings and that the bodies recovered were not aliens but dummies used in parachute tests conducted in the region. Any hopes that this would put an end to the cover-up debate was in vain as furious ufologists rushed to point out that the report's inconsistencies with uh, conspiracy theories still alive and well on the Internet, Roswell continues to thrive as a tourist destination for UFO enthusiasts far and wide. 
hosting the annual UFO Encounter Festival each July and welcoming visitors year-round to its International UFO Museum and Research Center. Well, there's more. (laughs) The Pentagon now has officially released three short videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena that have previously been released by a private company. The videos show what appear to be an unidentified flying object rapidly moving while recorded by infrared cameras. Two of the videos contain service members uh, reacting in awe as to how quickly the objects are moving. One voice speculates that it could be a drone. The Navy previously acknowledged the veracity of the videos in September of last year. They're officially releasing them now in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether it was videos. Uh, According to the uh, Pentagon spokesperson Sue Grow, after a thorough review, the department has determined that the authorized release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems, she said in a statement, and does not impinge on any subsequent investigations of military airspace incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena, whatever all that means. Sounds like word salad to me. Even more evidence, in my opinion, of government using mushroom management cover us up with manure and keep us in the dark about what's really going on. I think, (laughs) uh, well, I don't know if these were flying objects from other uh, universes or what they might be, but the fact of the matter is they exist and the government just doesn't want to release the information. It feels like we can't handle it or something. I don't know. Anyhow, following months of contentious negotiations between team owners and the Players Union, Major League Baseball finally has a plan in place for the 2020 season. Uh, The Players Association approved a 60-game season that would begin on July the 23rd to 24th, and the union and clubs finalized health and safety protocol on Tuesday evening. The union tweeted, All remaining issues have been resolved and players are reporting to the training camps. Uh, They're going to get about 37% of their salary. That's a prorated amount. And there'll uh, be 10 teams that will remain in the playoffs. So I don't know about you, but my enthusiasm for professional sports has faded. Hearing more and more uh, athletes speak out and making, I think, really uninformed statements about what's happening in the world right now. Uh, how about this noose found hanging in Bubba Wallace's garage in a stall at the Talanega Super Speedway has been there since last October. Federal authorities said Tuesday after announcing there will be no charges filed in an incident that rocked NASCAR and its only full-time black driver. Uh, this is kind of a shame, but it turns out it's really a pull string for, uh, for the garage, pulling down the garage door. The statement said that the garage stall was assigned to Wallace last week in advance of the race scheduled for Sunday, but held on Monday because of the rain. The video confirmed by NASCAR it was discovered the noose was in the garage as early as October 2019. The agency said that the there was not enough evidence to support federal charges. So, uh, again, all this Black Lives Matter nonsense kind of rubbing off on professional sports. I'm not a NASCAR fan, but if if I were, I think this would dampen my enthusiasm for NASCAR as well. And in football, what about football? Taking an E and all the stuff that's going on right now, I don't have any interest in watching professional football anymore as well. Getting along pretty well without professional sports, although it's fun to watch professional golf, I must admit. And uh, frankly, I'm doing a lot more reading right now. I don't know about you. Uh, 
Well, conservative Madison Cawthorn, who's 24 years of age, has defeated 62-year-old Linda Bennett, endorsed by the conservative Beltway in North Carolina's 11th Congressional District Republican primary race to replace Mark Meadows. Bennett received endorsements from Trump, uh, Meadows uh, Representative Jim Jordan, the House Freedom Fund, the Senate Conservative Fund, uh, American Conservative Fund, Ted Cruz, and others is set to finish with less than 35% of the vote compared to Cawthorn, again, 65% of the primary. In 2016, he was reported to have declared himself a never-Trump person, uh, identifying with the failed never-Trump movement. Now, I'm talking about Bennett here. Well, for the Republican beltway that sought to stop Trump from defeating Democrat Hillary Clinton, Cawthorn, on the other hand, was endorsed by 15 sheriffs, a police chief in uh, North Carolina, as well as uh, a Tea Party and WNC constitutional period, uh, patriots at just 24 years of old age and uh, eighth generation North Carolinian. Cawthorn ran on ending sanctuary city policies, defending the Second Amendment rights and a fierce pro-life platform, and defending faith-based values against coastal elites and leftists. He's a homeschooled student, has been nominated by, by Meadows to the U.S. Naval Academy in 2014 when he was nearly killed in a car crash that left him paralyzed and in a wheelchair. He owns a small business real estate investment company, is a motivational speaker, is currently engaged uh, so the young conservative now faces Democrat Morris Davis in a solidly red congressional district. Sounds like the uh, public made a good decision about Cawthorn. We'll certainly see how that turns out. And, of course, McConnell easily defeated Kentucky Senate uh, in the uh, wins the uh, Kentucky Senate primary in that primary. Uh, then progressive insurgent Jamal Bowman defeated Representative Elliot Engel, who's been there since... Uh, a long time, by double digits in one of the most heavily anticipated primaries of the year on Tuesday as officials continued to count votes. Bowman is a former middle school principal who's seen a large surge in the polls and fundraising, garnered 61% of the vote uh, early Wednesday morning with 85% of precincts reporting. So he's the winner. Uh, uh, Bowman now is going to become another progressive. I wonder if he'll be the male member of the squad Kind of interesting to see how that'll all turn out. But uh, he will probably win in the race because it's a heavily uh, Democrat district. Well, finally, uh, President Trump rocked the house of uh, young supporters in a church in Phoenix, Arizona on Tuesday, condemning the rise of the radical left. Uh, I'm thrilled to be in Arizona with thousands of patriotic young Americans who stand up tall for American uh, and refused to kneel to the radical left. He said to as the crowd roared, USA, yet the president took the podium. I don't know if you saw this, but I watched it yesterday. It was just pretty amazing, all the energy. And why this is important? We're talking about the Turning Point USA. We're talking about this, these young people. These are college-age students who support Trump and who support the rule of law. It was pretty inspiring. About 3,000 young people. And he shared his fiery message condemning the radical left for acts of looting, violence, and vandalism in America's major cities while demanding absolute conformity to their message. It's not the behavior of a peaceful political movement. It's the behavior of totalitarians and tyrants and people that don't love our country, Trump said. So true. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman, 
William Eatman is a uh, research fellow at the Cato Institute. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company, as well as Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. Okay, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees, the goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Gulf Shore Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, offering not only great education programs for young folks, but also a great season of theater. You can find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor at Mercy College and author of Josephus of Oz. Right now we have with us William Yateman. Uh, William is a, is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. Before we start on our discussion, tell us a little bit about the Cato Institute. You bet. Uh, we're a free market think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're committed to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. 
Cato.org, a terrific organization, C-A-T-O.org. Uh, so there's been testimony on the Hill, and it uh, affects Roger Stone and his sentencing, and uh, I find this also interesting. Why don't we, uh, can you bring us up to date what's going on? You bet. Uh, today, Aaron Zelinsky, who was one of the four prosecutors that had brought um, the case against uh, Roger Stone um, for lying to Congress, that was his crime, um, but he's going to be testifying today before the House Judiciary Committee, and he had, in a, in a high-profile manner, uh, withdrawn from the case in, in pro- evident protest over the government's decision to seek a, um, a lesser sentencing for Stone. But the long and short of it is that he's going to testify before Congress today and claim that there was undue political interference from, from on high, from above, um, regarding Roger Stone and the sentencing of this was improper. And it's really rich, um, kind of for two reasons. I mean, first, as a constitutional matter, the prosecutorial discretion falls squarely within the executive power. So even if there were political conversations from above, there's really not anything wrong with that. Um, but more broadly, it's absurd at face value for uh, Mr. Zelensky to make this claim that politics were at play when it comes to Roger Stone's sentencing, when politics were the sine qua non of the entire Mueller investigation, you right. know, when, you know and, and Stone was collateral damage to it. So it's, with a straight face, the gentleman is going to come in and say that there were political factors at play when it came to sentencing, um, and he's, his written statement, at least, and I, I do hope the GOP members of, of the House Judiciary Committee press him on this, but, um, you know, he makes no mention whatsoever of the unprecedented politics um, behind the investigation to begin with. You know, again, and Roger Stone was sort of swept up in all this. So, right. to me, I just I found it uh, really remarkable and sort of a, a testament to where we are, and we mention this all the time when we talk every week, I'm just where politics are, that that he can say this with a straight face to Congress. I mean, just anyone with a, if you have an ounce of brain, you, you can just see that that is dishonest, regardless of whether or not you're a progressive or a conservative. So it just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, Maria uh, Bartiromo had uh, AC, A.G. Barr on, the, uh, on her show this weekend, and he was talking about this uh, uh, investigation counter-investigation that's going to be ending, he says, sometime in the fall, at the end of the summer, uh, and there will be uh, prosecutions, there will be criminal charges against some of these people. So, I mean, it's pretty clear at this point that all the evidence suggests that this whole Mueller investigation was a farce, was a hoax, irrespective. I mean, uh, you're right. (laughs) It is so ironic that he could claim that there was interference from above. And, you know, what comes to mind when you're talking about that is I was thinking about the CNN crew that was there to film (laughs) the raid raid on this man's home (laughs) at five o'clock in the morning. How inappropriate, how stupid was all that? The whole kit and caboodle. And and again, Roger Stone, you know, his primary offense was lying to Congress. And Mm -hmm. the the other instance that we often talk about, Michael Flynn, his offense was was lying to the FBI. Um, You know, these, and again, both both of these instances of of purported wrongdoing were in the context of this uh, kind of absurdly politicized Mueller investigation that turned up nothing. Um, And uh, I'll say this. Um, I am not a fan of, of presidential power in general, and, and regardless of whether or not it's a Republican or a Democrat, mm-hmm. I'm generally amenable 
to oversight of uh, presidential action and presidential policymaking. I consider this Mueller investigation and all these spin-off uh, prosecutions such a waste and such a huge opportunity cost, given all the time and energy given to, to these the investigation, these fruitless prosecutions, um, when there is real oversight to be done, when there's real policy out there to, to vet and to scrutinize, as opposed to these more uh, personal matters, if you will. So um, it really is a sad sign of the time. And all is so politicized. And speaking of which, I guess uh, now Stone is asking for an extension so he doesn't have to go to prison with all those folks with COVID-19. Uh, he's apparently supposed to report. He's looking for an extension on that. Uh, but, again, is is this a sentence in play at all at this point, or is, it, is this going to require a presidential pardon? It is, oh, I think it's very much still in play. I mean, the testimony that Zelensky's given is before the House of Representatives, and they've got no dog in this race. You know, the sentencing is before the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I doubt in any way whatsoever that Zelensky's testimony um, would in any way prejudice um, Judge, I believe it's Judge Berman, uh, but, but don't quote me on that, I'm not sure, um, the district court judge. But mm-hmm. uh, So that was a long-winded way of saying the testimony today won't impact um, the Stone sentencing. That, that still has yet to be played out. Um, and, and I do, um, I'm highly sympathetic to Stone here. I mean, I do think he got railroaded, so uh, I'm hopeful that uh, the judge will agree with the Justice Department's sentencing recommendation. Yeah, me too. And uh, speaking of railroaded, uh, how about Flynn? Where does all that stand at this point? Oh, I, th- that hasn't moved since we spoke last. And, and so I think the, uh, the D.C. Circuit is still weighing the request by Sidney Powell, Flynn's very capable counsel, um, to, in effect, order the lower court, Judge Sullivan, to dismiss this case. I mean, a brief background, Judge Sullivan, notwithstanding the fact that the government um, has asked him to dismiss the case, um, is, is somehow, based on some unknown constitutional authority, pressing to continue the case and uh, on its own. Um, and again, so the latest on that is we're waiting for the D.C. Circuit to decide um, whether or not to tell Sullivan, um, hey, move this along, dismiss this. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I want to just uh, get a, it, apparently Berman, who was fired, he was a, 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 an attorney fired by the uh, by President Trump, uh, actually on the behest of uh, the AG Barr, uh, but apparently he had some material about the Ukraine situation that he could have prosecuted and he was holding on to it. Any thoughts on that? You just wonder, um, well, I'll say this. He, he, as I mentioned at the outset, these prosecutors, they're not independent. I mean, they work within the executive branch. And indeed, the attorney general, the Department of Justice, is sort of a core function of executive authority. Um, so, you know, to the extent that he was sitting on this information and was recalcitrant to, to orders from above to, to move on it, that's unacceptable. Um, so it, it certainly, if that was the reasons for removal, um, I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm, again, I'm generally suspicious of presidential power, and, and I, I want um, presidents to follow the letter of the law, but uh, constitutionally speaking, the president has a great deal of leeway when it comes to hiring and firing prosecutors. Um, and uh, you know, this Berman gentleman, it, that certainly seems to me like a viable reason for removal if, you were, you, you know, if there was actionable evidence, um, uh, you know, to, 
to the ends of right. uh, Ukraine in involving themselves in these elections, and he didn't do it, um, well, you know, that's not his decision to make. That's right. So interesting. Again, William Yatman, uh, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. Always appreciate your commentary here on the show so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor at Mercy College and author of Josephus of Oz. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. Uh, one of the initiatives is creating policies and programs to get folks off of welfare and back to work, able-bodied folks. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Larry Bell and Dodd, professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Right now, we have with us Andrew Joppa, professor at Mercy, Mercy College and author of a terrific read, Josephus of Oz. Andy, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Andy. So uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about racism in America. I mean, uh, uh, my, my personal view is we're all individuals and shouldn't be judged on the color of our skin. But nevertheless, this seems to be an, an enduring theme within politics here in America. What are your thoughts? Well, I think the problem is not racism. Certainly there are some uh, 
uh, anomalies out there with some sociopaths who act in a racist manner, both black and white, I might add. But the problem is not racism, it is race. Uh, what we see uh, happening right now is the leveraging of race as a topic by racial racketeers to uh, destroy our culture, to destroy the history of America, uh, and in so doing, destroy the very fiber of our republic. I, I can never remember a moment in time where I, I felt so uh, so uh, of the mind, Bob, that uh, our republic it was in serious danger, whether we're talking Pearl Harbor or 9-11 or World War II. Uh, in my way of looking at this, we are in the, the most dire moment uh, of, our, of our republic's history, and it's not racism. Uh, it is race itself. It is being used by by people like Sean King from Black Lives Matter, who recently said that he was going to uh, uh, request that all stained glass windows ca- carrying the the image of a white Jesus or a white Virgin Mary be destroyed. The the statues of of, uh, of Washington and Jefferson being being torn down and desecrated. I remember when President Trump, uh, after the uh, taking down of the Confederate statue, says, where would this lead? Would it lead to Washington and Jefferson? And uh, he, he was laughed at. Of course, it's, it's happening. See, that was, uh, that, was a three, that was three years ago that he said that. Three years ago. So, I mean, in, in, in so many cases, the, uh, the president has clearly understood the, uh, the pro- projected directions of, of immediate events. And this is, this is certainly one of them. The, uh, the Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt uh, statue is, is probably going to come down. Uh, so we're looking at a, a, a destruction of the American culture. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine what its final destination might be because mm-hmm. each subsequent step seems to be far beyond anything that we would have believed possible. Uh, and all of these things are being uh, allowed or supported in some cases by, uh, by the Republican Party, uh, by the conservatives. I'm only pointing out Republicans and conservatives because that happens to be my particular uh, involvement. But if we look at National Review, if you look at Heritage Foundation, if we look at Kevin McCarthy in the Congress, uh, all of these actions are being given uh, support and credibility uh, by by the Republican Party, but not all certainly, but and and conservatives. And this is the part that bothers me the most, and perhaps most of the people I'm talking to. The actions themselves are are abhorrent. But what is is the 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 element that drives them to distraction, Bob? Is the is the lack of pushback, the lack of resistance? If we look at these issues that are that are occurring in America, let, let's take the most current issue with the, a bubble Wallace and the uh, NASCAR driver and the noose. It's been proven that these that noose was up there for two years, and these are common things as door openers in in the NASCAR garages. This was a either a hoax or a, a mistake that that uh, was never validated in any right, way. Right. Uh, if we look at the Jesse Smollett uh, situation, a hoax, Trayvon Martin, a hoax, Michael Brown, a hoax. The, these are all things that are being used to, uh, to damage America, damage our culture, and damage in the future our resolve, Bob. So again, I don't believe racism is the problem. Uh, I believe that race itself is the problem. It's difficult to understand how, how this can be eradicated since at this point, uh, other than a few anomalies such as President Trump who are willing to push back, um, there seems to be too much fear. I think we can make the defining moment of this. And yeah. This was amazing to me, where Brett Farr, former great NFL quarterback, uh, in the same sentence, in the same breath, includes the name Pat Tillman, 
who gave his life uh, as he volunteered for special forces activity, yielded a substantial NFL contract and died in Afghanistan, a friendly fire, but it was a combat situation. And he compares that man, Pat Tillman, to Colin Kaepernick. I right. mean, that is a, uh, a amazing type of juxtaposition of, of, of human beings, Bob. And I, I think we're seeing more and more of that. I don't know where it can possibly end. Bob. Well, it, you know, my, my view is that race or racism is kind of a straw dog for the whole notion of destroying America. I mean, it has to do with overturning our uh, culture, our culture, as well as politically damaging and uh, refuting the rule of law. I think that's really what's, what this is all about. Well, there's, there's no doubt. I think eventually the, uh, the the final destination of this may be the elimination of the Constitution as the the, the controlling uh, contract between Americans. Um, I can see no other destination. I think we can uh, immediately move into perhaps some of the, the the recent or the most recent Supreme Court ruling, the uh, the uh, the DACA ruling by the Supreme Court, absolutely uh, outrageous. Uh, in terms of suggesting, what it suggests, Bob, is that a former president can, initial, can uh, initiate a, an executive order that is con- unconstitutional. Obama did that with the DACA uh, executive order. Right. And a subsequent president, President Trump, cannot eliminate that unconstitutional executive order. Therefore, the Supreme Court is telling President Trump, that as the person who must, in the executive office, implement law, that he is now required to implement a, an executive order that was unconstitutional. He has to fulfill an unconstitutional law. We can back up with the Supreme Court and look at the Kelo decision, where eminent domain was uh, expanded to mean your house can be sacrificed if a local community can increase the, uh, the tax level by, by confiscating your house for a private developer. We can look at the Bostock decision, where sexual identity has been, been ruled a, a constitutionally protected, uh, protected right. Uh, the Supreme Court is certainly very deeply complicit in the in the problems yeah. we're looking at, and I might say the the elimination of binding law in America. The, the Supreme Court has become unduly concerned with impact uh, as compared to the, the the obligation they have, which is to fulfill the constitutional requirements of law. That is almost behind us, also, Bob. At this point, yeah. it's it's a dire situation. I, I you know I I know you know I'm. Uh, typically pessimistic, and I, I think at this point, the uh, I think my pessimism, unfortunately, Bob, unfortunately, is being borne out by the reality of permanent events. So uh, right now, it just uh, I think what you've illustrated is the importance of uh, President Donald Trump and his role right now in trying to get us back on track and saving America. You know, I think that's paramount. So, Andy, I want I want you to stick around if we want to talk about what's happening abroad as well. Can you can you stick around? I will be here, Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I do want to do a shout-out for St. Matthew's House. Please do support them. They play such an important role in supporting the homeless, uh, supporting those who suffer from addictions and those that uh, uh, perhaps in need of food. A lot of that going around right now. They do that all without any government funding. stmatthewshouse.org is the website. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now, we continue the conversation with Andy Joppa. Uh, he's a professor at uh, Mercy College and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Always good to be with you, Bob. So we've uh, got some dire outlook right now on what's happening to our culture and politically right here in the United States. Let's talk about what's going on abroad. What are your thoughts? Well, it's, it's difficult to determine what are discrete events, in other words, isolated unto themselves, as compared to it being one large event. For example, is the Wuhan virus um, uh, a discrete event, or is it somehow integrated with the, the current destruct, destruction of our, of our culture? China certainly has had a strong influence in this country. Uh, certainly uh, uh, Joe Biden and his son Hunter are, are, are deeply involved with China, as are many people in the, uh, the American economic system. I think China has been somewhat left out of the discussion because of the immediacy of, of other moments. But if we get back to it, this is the discussion we've had previously, the concept of uh, unrestricted warfare in China. In other words, the, uh, the doctrine was set up in 1999 by uh, members of the uh, Chinese military. And unrestricted warfare is fighting war by other than uh, direct confrontational means. Uh, that can be anything. It can be destruction of uh, infrastructure, destruction of the, uh, the, the, the computer networks, and so forth. So uh, right now we have a situation, in, in my estimation, that puts China into the, the driver's seat in terms of the future. Let's take President Trump out of the picture. At some point he will be. 
I've always felt that the major benefit the United States had in this head-to-head confrontation with China was our was our superior culture. I thought that was the thing that that kept us ahead, that leveraged this country uh, successfully in a, in the international competition with China. But if I'm right, Bob, and I, I, I unfortunately think I am, that China is now currently involved with a concept of unrestricted warfare against the United States. If the major element in our success package, which has been the American culture, is now being destroyed, and I, that's why I don't necessarily see everything as discrete events, mm-hmm. I think we're looking at a circumstance where, where China may, in fact, post-Trump, post-Trump, and that may be 2020, unfortunately, very unfortunately, uh, but post-Trump, I believe China will become the dominant economic political force on this planet, particularly because there will be no American pushback, no resolve to defend the essence of America. I don't see it now. I see no reason to believe that with a direct challenge uh, economically and politically from China that that resolve will be found. I, I don't see it right yeah. now. Maybe it'll it'll appear magically, but it would have to be a, a something out of nowhere, Bob, uh, to, to defend ourselves against uh, the, the Chinese asymmetric unrestricted warfare concept. Well, uh, just to and to support what you're saying, right now I read that uh, several companies are being bought up by China. I'm talking about uh, publicly traded companies where they're taking majority ownership in the in the uh, stock or even privately held companies, big companies. Uh, and I've forgotten the name of the company right now, but one that provides a, a major food source here in the United States. Smithfield, so, I think. Smithfield, Smithfield. Is, the, is the company. Thank you for that. So yeah. so there is that kind of activity. But on the other side of this, I think China has damaged themselves, uh, uh, and I'm talking about the Chinese Communist Party, uh, based on uh, this Wuhan plague that they've uh, spread around the, around the world. And uh, so I think people are, are aware of this right now. And I think also well, I've met major companies wanting to leave China in order to come back to the United States or, or other places to get out of China. So I think they're damaging themselves in a, in a long, in a, uh, in large part. Uh, it's not necessarily the guns that we need to be afraid of or the, the tanks or the uh, missiles. It's, it's more the invasion of the stealing of our intellectual property, the uh, undermining our, our culture. And, uh, you know, they, they are, we're already at war with China in, in those ways. There's no doubt. And by the way, China has put themselves onto a, a war footing of some sort. It's hard to determine exactly what that war footing is. But if we look at the flyovers, illegal flyovers of Taiwan, if we look at the, the attacks on the Japanese islands, if we, uh, if we look at the, the border battles they're having currently with, uh, with India, uh, and if we look at uh, just Chinese television and their, uh, and their, their art forms, all of them recently, with some, some exceptions, but most of them recently, are dedicated to prepping the Chinese people for some variation of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can see the Chinese becoming more aggressive. Now, like many countries do, Bob, and you pointed out some of the internal problems they're having, but they may be using this war footing as a way of, of creating in, internal unity uh, so that their external process can be supported by the, by the population of China. But yeah. China is, in the long run, certainly the biggest threat to America. And if we continue to weaken ourselves, to shoot ourselves in the foot constantly, Bob, and certainly we're doing that right now, then I think that our resolve, our ability to uh, withstand what's going to happen in the next, uh, let, let me just describe it as post-Trump, 
uh, will be. Uh, I don't. We'll, I don't think we'll be successful in resisting that that process. That's interesting. Well, I must say that uh, the Chinese Communist Party is ruling China right now. But to take a look at the activities in Hong Kong, I wonder. And, and of course, what you're pointing out is exactly what happens when when companies or countries experience uh, financial weakness. Uh, fiscal weakness, what do they do? Well, they create an international furor, like, for example, what's happened in Iran. They're always uh, attacking the United States. Why? I think one of the reasons is because they, they're having uh, uh, high inflation, poor food supply, all kinds of things going on, so they're trying to distract. It's changing the scent to what's happening internationally. I think the Chinese might be doing the same thing. Very, very typical, and I, I think if we just asked ourselves the question, where would we be with China if uh, Hillary Clinton had won in 2016? Yeah. Is there any essential resistance to China's actions uh, that have been initiated by anyone other than uh, President Donald Trump? Uh, he is the, the only agent of, of American pushback, the only agent trying to defend the American economy, the only agent of trying to reestablish manufacturing in America, the only person uh, trying to understand the, the problems with the unfair uh, uh, trade uh, situations. Uh, and but once, once Trump is gone, I, I see no one there that's picking up the mantle. We, we can see the constant assault on this, this man. It's amazing he can survive it. His, his niece is now coming out with a tell-all book, John Bolton, uh, to me, a traitor to America. The man is under constant, constant a, a, attack, uh, yet he somehow has stood up through it all. But, you know, and the good news is that Donald Trump is there. The bad news is that after Trump, I do not see the American resolve having any locus of, of activity, Bob. I don't see it happening. Well, uh, we can only hope that uh, the, the one light that I see is Attorney General uh, Barr and uh, his activities and what's going on with the investigation into the, uh, the uh, Russia hoax. Uh, this is going to come to fruition, and I think Attorney General Barr stands up for the rule of law. He's not political at all. Uh, I have high hopes that perhaps when people are brought to justice for all the things that are going on right now, and I realize it's not happening as quickly as we want, but when that happens, I think it'll send an important message to young people and to people who are, think they're above the law here in the United States. I have a lot of confidence in him, too. I, I hope you're correct, obviously. I never want to be right about my pessimism. I hope everything you're suggesting happens before November of 2020. Yeah. Uh, because I, uh, after 2020 and the election, if, if Donald Trump uh, loses, I think everything that you're suggesting that might happen has no chance of happening. Yeah. Uh, I look at the, the, the push more and more towards a, the mail-in ballots nationwide. Uh, look, I don't want to accuse anyone of, uh, uh, out of hand of being involved with uh, voter fraud, but certainly the push towards the, the use of only uh, mail-in ballots will be a source of voter fraud that will be utilized by the left. Uh, it, with, I just can't believe they will not do it, considering the level of illegal activities they've been willing to engage in prior to this moment. No question about it. Andy, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Again, the name of the book is Josephus of Oz, a way off topic for today's discussion, but a very interesting read. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Talk to you soon, Bob. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Uh, and author of several books, his latest, a Cyber Warfare, Targeting America, Our Infrastructure, and Our Future. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. For-
for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, host of the Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, so located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to the Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, as I mentioned before the break. He is endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books. His latest terrific read, scary read actually, Cyber Warfare, Targeting America, Our Infrastructure, and Our Future. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry, Professor, I didn't have your microphone potted up, so again, (laughs) thank you for joining us. Uh, I appreciate you being invited. Thank you. Thank you, Professor. So, uh, by the way, anything in the uh, uh, the oven? Uh, Any new books coming out? Yeah, I've got a book coming out uh, at the end of next month. Um, how everything happened, including us, and it's a. I think it's a. It's a good read. It's a, a fairly big book on uh, the history of the universe and uh, the, the things that transpired long, long before we got here, and how you know the exponential changes that are occurring now since we arrived. And it's, uh, you know, I, I I found a fascinating book to write, and uh, I think there's an awful lot of information in it that. People should enjoy. Well, I want to stay tuned and find out when it's finally released because I really look forward to it. Your last several books have been just terrific. And I want to point out also, if you're interested in this whole notion of climate change, take a look at Scared Witless, The Prophets and Prophets of Climate Doom by Professor Larry Bell as well. Professor, you wrote a great column in Newsmax. I think such an important story. It's entitled... 
Young socialists vision blind to capitalism's virtues and how true that is. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, I think there's so many things rattling us today. We see this desecration of monuments and the kind of mindless, uh, fabricated notion that we're a racist nation and all these other things that are really Marxist socialism at their roots. And I don't mean that just hypothetically. I mean it literally. Mm-hmm. And uh, how it seems that so many, you know, we, we, we do such a poor job of letting, pe- letting our young people understand, having them understand our heritage as well as the notion of, you know, you know we, we talk about socialism in broad terms, like everywhere it's been implemented, it's been a disaster. Of course, that's one thing. But we sometimes talk about what's, what, what capitalism really is all about. And uh, this notion that it's about greed and money and, and, and uh, disadvantaging people. No, it's about competition. It's about competition of ideas. It's about the ability of, of people to to work towards a goal and, and achieve it and have the satisfaction of doing that. And we see young people, and I saw one poll, a pretty, pretty dismal poll that showed about half of young people, I say, you know, you know people in there, in the, in the millennia and, in, in, you know, the, you know, up to, you know, mid, mid twenties have a favorable view of socialism and as opposed to capitalism. And it's just egregious how, how, how ill-informed they are about and how, how little regard they give to the benefits that they enjoy mm-hmm. that, that, uh, you know, they, and, and to, to talk about, uh, the notion that socialism is somehow a benevolent uh, society that that you know that distributes all kinds of free goodies to people and 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 is is you know create where people are equal. It's absolutely the opposite. It's right. just, it's just where you know people who are in control, of course, are enormously wealthy, and and those who aren't are uh, you know. It's, you know, the, the misery gets spread equally, but that's not a great benefit. No, it's certainly not. And uh, as you're speaking, I'm just thinking about, you know, the 1619 Project, what we're teaching kids in school right now. I mean, and, and then you see all these monuments being pulled down. It, there's almost a direct correlation between the propaganda the kids are getting in school now for the last couple generations, I would submit, and what's happening socially. We, because, we're, you know, obviously kids are just not taught to respect what we currently have here in America. Well, it's not that, not only I think that, I agree that, that they don't respect what they have, but they, they don't respect the, you know, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the strife that, and determination and bravery that, that got us to where we are, you know, mm-hmm. the people that sacrificed, the people that, those monuments are tearing down. I mean, I read, I recently read a book about Teddy Roosevelt, you know, and, and his, when he, when he explored the Amazon River at, following his defeat for a third term and he was a marvelous man and my god he was an incredible man and 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 you know bold and energetic and but but above all kind and considerate of of his companions you know where he would sacrifice himself for others you know and without regard to you know certainly their their social standing or anything else and uh, in the in the in the rank ignorance of, of of these people you know they they uh uh, 
it's, it's, it's desperately depressing to see how ill-informed young people are. But not only you know young people in 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 high school, but I think you know the the total uh, overtaking of many universities with mm-hmm. socialist faculty, and and uh, I, I think it's terribly frightening. Uh, I think this upcoming election is. It's so crucially important for our future. I couldn't agree more, Professor. Now, what, yesterday, President uh, Trump was in Arizona, Phoenix, I believe, giving a speech to uh, Charlie Kirk's organization, uh, the uh, young people f- uh, who, who I th- there was so much enthusiasm. I guess I'm, I'm trying to express some hope here that so many young people are saying, no, socialism is not the way. The opportunity is here in America. We need to preserve that. President Trump was on fire. I watched his remarks. But again, I come back to the fact there are there is a movement in, of young people, and certainly it's in the minority, but uh, it's a big movement, nevertheless, of young people who uh, support the whole notion of free enterprise, of individual liberty, and uh, that's encouraging. Well, I want to be clear too that you know I'm I'm, and I'm 82 years old, and I'm, but I'm still teaching. You know, University of Houston, and I have graduate students, and they're a marvelous group of people. I mean, they're 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 young, they're idealistic, they're you know, they, 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 they want to strive. A lot of them want to go to space. I mean, they're real, they're real, you know, incredibly, you know, very smart, very curious, very, you know, very high, you know, high quality people in terms of their, their moral compass and so on. They come from all over the world and so on. And I've, and I've got t- two sons that are, you know, that are in their thirties. And so I don't mean to, to, to blanket the young, younger generation, at all, because I have a great admiration for them. But uh, having said that, you know, I think the small, it's a small minority mm-hmm. that takes control. That is, uh, is what we see on television and the crowds and so on. And and you look at that over the spread of the population. It's a small group that does a tremendous amount of damage to our country and to our psyche. But I think it's true of Marxism in general. I think that. You know that the media gives attention to, to to these groups, and I think it inflames them. It's just like a like a forest fire. You light a match, and it spreads. And the mob the mob mentality just sort of spreads, and and we we kind of we got to stop it down right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it, of course, the mainstream media right now, be their their motivation is clicks. <laughs> media outlets are looking for attention. They're looking to capture the interest of people. So what do they do? They use sensational type of stories as opposed to reporting the news, which we're just in an unfortunate state, unfortunately, with our, our fourth branch. What do we call it? The fourth estate, I guess it is. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, they're, looking, they're looking for some grievance, and like the, the famous NASCAR, you know, the you know, the, you know, this, you know, the little rope loop they used to pull down the door. Yeah. It suddenly becomes a, a noose, and you got 50 FBI people flying in all over the country and investigate a racial injustice. You know, they're looking for, and, and this is, I do not believe this is a racial, you know, racist society. I don't no. think there's anything to indicate that in the police statistics or anything else. And, and yes, there are crazies that, that are racist, but my God, we, we voted, for, you know, I didn't vote for Obama, but at least I, I had high expectation that when he was when he was elected, that that this would finally put to rest this notion that we're racist. And uh, 
it seems to have done the opposite. Absolutely. Again, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, cyber warfare targeting America, our infrastructure, and our future is the latest book. And go to Newsmax.com and check out uh, Professor Bell's On Point. It's called, the column is called On Point. Uh, very interesting. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's always a pleasure, and I really appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. Thank you, Professor. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great things lined up for tomorrow, including Pastor Rick Stevens will be joining us from the Florida Citizens Alliance. Former mayor of Naples and good friend Bill Barnett will be giving some commentary on what's happening on the local scene. And Seton Motley, the uh, founding president of Less Government, will be with us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.